This is the Agile Thoughts Podcast, and I'm Lance Kind. My name is Diana Larson, and I've been involved in the Agile community for a very long time, since before it was called Agile. And I'm also a co-developer of the Agile Fluency model with James Shore. So what motivated you to, to develop this framework? Well, <laughs> um, James Shore and I have worked together for a long time. Uh, we first, we got connected at like the very first Agile development conference in 2003, right? And, and learned that we both were from Portland, right? <laughs> and so, so we've known each other since then and uh, about... Um, in about 2006 or seven, we um, we decided to start doing some trainings together. So we were we've been colleagues for a long time. We actually don't live that far apart in Portland, so <laughs> we could, you know, on a good day, I could walk to his house. Nice, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. So, so we've we've collaborated on a lot of different things, and so we've had a lot of time to have conversations about our philosophies around Agile. And I've always loved his book, The Art of Agile Development. So we were having a conversation one day, uh, grumbling <laughs> about you know the ways that we were unhappy with people talking about you're either agile or you're not and being so dogmatic you can only only this one methodology is the best methodology for all purposes and and you know just all that conversation that was kind of swirling around in the in the late and early teens uh-huh. 20 teens uh-huh. And we were working actually on a on a workshop module and trying to get it right. We delivered this workshop a couple of times and we arranged the content in a couple of different ways. And we found out that we were getting contradictory feedback. When we arranged it one way, people, the feedback we were getting, I mean, people said they love the workshop and you could do this, right? We love this workshop, but it would be a little better if you'd, right? So one, on the one hand, we were getting, if you would start with the big picture, then I would understand where all these things fit in and, you know, blah, 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 right? And then, and then the other, then we, then we, on the other hand, well, so we think we rearrange everything. So we start with the big picture and then, and then we get, you know, I I really need to understand the the small steps that we need to take so that I can then build my own picture of how it all fits. <laughs> and we're like, ah, we can't do both of these things. What are we going to do? Hmm. And we had both been involved in some exploration around uh, language fluency hmm. and had been introduced to this concept of fluency. You can you could speak language with different fluent proficiencies and have it suit your needs. And and we just doing a one of those procrastinating tangents that you do when you don't know what to do next, we started talking about, well, what if there were fluency there was a fluency in an agile team. Is there are there certain it was just a question that we had. And so we started with this one little module. It was about um, agile planning adaptive planning in Agile. And we rearranged the things in that module 
according to where we thought people naturally tended to develop fluency first. And then when we delivered that workshop, we had people anticipating the next slide with their question. Nice. Oh, I understand this, but what about, because they integrated according to their fluency progression, and then they would they would be curious about the very next thing. Oh. And we said, ah, there's we've got something here. Nice. So we started noodling around, and that was like 2009, 2010. We started noodling around with, well, what would a model for that look like? And we're very engaged with our local Agile community here in the Pacific Northwest. And so we would take what what we had so far to our Agile Open Northwest conference several years in a row Uh and would say, here's where we are now. Give us feedback. This is what we're working on. And people got very engaged in that. And then once we got it to a place where we thought it could have a broader audience, we started sending it out to other colleagues elsewhere for review. Some of them were on-the-ground practitioners that we really, really respected. Others were sort of thought leaders in our community. By 2012, we had what we felt like was a pretty solid model. And that time when we sent it out to reviewers, we said, where should we get this published? And in a, you know, surprising and wonderful turn of events, Martin Fowler said, yes, I think it's ready to publish and I'd love to put it up on my website. Wow. <laughs> so then so then in August of 2012, right around the same time as the Agile conference that year, we went public with it. And we thought we were done. We were like, this is an interesting way to think about Agile teams. And then over the next couple of years, we just kept getting, well, so how do we implement this? How do we apply these ideas? How do I know where my teams are now? You know, how can I tell if they're becoming more fluent? Mm. Those kinds of questions started coming up. And so by 2015, we had incorporated the Agile Fluency Project. And now we have additional tools and materials. And, we, and then in 2018, we updated the article, and that is the ebook that's on our site now. We updated the article with the things, the new things that we had learned since 2012, and we incorporated all of that. So we're just continuing to to move along, you know, making things making things better for people. And nice. teach other folks, uh, you know, coaches, good, well-experienced coaches, we teach them how to use our materials so that they have another tool to put in their toolbox because the really best Agile coaches don't want just one hammer, right? They all want big toolboxes. And so we offer this then as an additional thing that they can put into their into their toolbox to, as they're working with their client organizations and their teams. So I'm curious about the Martin Fowler. How did you interact with him and got him uh, all fired up like that? Well, it, both of us have known him for a very long time. I first met Martin in 1997, so I, I had conversations with him, and so I've known him for quite a while. And and Jim, through other channels, had, had known him and met him, and I, they may have even done some work together, I'm not sure. And so he was just, he's just someone who's 
somebody's opinion that we we really respect and that has we've been able to ask questions over the years and he's been always been very responsive to us so he was just on our mm-hmm. our short list of people that we would send this to and we were just hoping that he would find value in the model and let us know where it was lacking you know, mm-hmm. and so we were very pleasantly surprised when he re- responded the way he did and said, "You know, I really think this is ready for prime time." There's lots of assessment models out there. Why not use an existing assessment model? Why why go through all this trouble? <laughs> Agile fluency diagnostic, we call it, actually looks at something a little bit different than what a lot of the assessment models do. What we do is we work with leaders to identify what is their business need and work with them so that they understand the Agile Fluency model and ask them to identify a target zone for their team. And so it's very specific to the fluencies of that zone that we're looking for. And so then we bring diagnostic to the team and we do a process that's very much like, this comes as no surprise to you, a very robust retrospective. <laughs> Where part of the retrospective is the team filling out this diagnostic and then we mirror their results back to them. So they fill it out as individuals and then we aggregate it into a team picture and then they get to see where where are they strong in in fluent proficiency and where are they not so strong and what is it that their organization is looking for and what is the match like and then like any good retrospective they get to make some choices about what they as a team want to do as a result of this information, then they also get to say, and here are the things that, here are the investments that we need from our organization in order to reach the target that they've set for us. We can't, you know, we may need broader um, enablement to meet their, to meet their targets. And so then, then that, that creates a partnership. So it's not judgmental at all. It's not a kind of assessment that says, you know, you're not good enough or you're not. It's here's where here's where we are strong. Here's where we can continue to. So it helps it helps understand where to put our attention as opposed to just very broad brush. Here's all the things you've got to do to be agile. This allows both the business and the teams to say, oh, well, if we want this, then we really need to target our investment in this team here. And so they know what the next steps are uh, for that. And they have a, a different kind of roadmap for bringing online those investments. It's um, a lot of uh, assessments that are out there, both assess individual team members, which we don't do at all. We, we only focus on the whole team as an entity. And then we focus on the whole organizational system because when we go in, we we do the diagnostic when the number of teams and what we have learned is every team is a fractal of the larger development system. And that's where leaders need to work. And so when we get a picture of what is this whole system, you know, what are what's the fluency of this whole system hmm. and where can we invest our efforts as leaders to maximize the impact across all of our teams, 
as opposed to, well, this team, we, you know, we're going to now judge this team as being not good enough. We, we really want to focus the leaders on that systemic effect and the teams on what they can do locally. So we're working both kind of globally and locally at the same time with our, with our diagnostic. My appreciation of it is that it makes a lot of effort to not be, um, how do I say it? Come off judgmental and negative, and so it's more of a positive uh, assessment where um, where it's okay to be where you're at, and uh, if you want to, if if it makes sense to your business, or if you want to improve, this is what this is what that would look like. But this is where you're at on this model, right? Yeah. Diana Larson has some giveaways, which you can find at agilefluency.org. Um, and there we have a couple of things that we hope you would find valuable. There's a short video on our homepage and then also a link on our homepage to a free downloadable ebook that we would love to share with you that talks about the agile fluency model that our that our whole business is based on and uh, what teams really need to be to become fluently active in achieving business results for their organizations and feeling that sense of team greatness. So um, I'd love for you to visit our website or get in touch with us. Uh, We also have a YouTube channel. There's some interesting videos there. Get in touch with us and let us know how we can help you level up your coaching practice or if you are an organizational leader we let us know how we can help put you in touch with someone who can help you with that you'll find a link to the free book in the show notes so go tap 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 and also if you're listening to this podcast before june year 2020 there are some workshops you may be interested in the way people would get involved as coaches with us is on our website agilefluency.org we have a workshops and events page these particular workshops have always have been for a long time and we have one that kind of does the u.s and oceana in time zones and the other one is sort of europe around the other wrapping the other way around the world and we have one of each of those starting in june we have a couple of ways to become licensed to use our materials there's a whole page about licensing becoming a licensed facilitator but on our workshops and events page we actually have the links to register for our workshops and all the information about those and so we are always looking for good experienced coaches who like I said want to increase their toolboxes and uh, the way to find out how to do that is to go to the website and and register or if you'd like to talk to us about it there you can uh, get in touch with us at info at agilefluency.org and we'll set up a time to talk with you about whether or not that workshop would be a good fit for you next episode Diana and I talk about improving fluency. Now, why is fluency hard? <laughs> well, I mean, any any new habits, you know, the, the, the key to having fluency or being fluent in, in, a, in a skill, in any skill, right, is when it becomes your natural inclination. 